Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is September 5th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing some of the cuts from across the league and also with the Miami Dolphins. There are some notable players who were released from the Dolphins, and at the top of that list is Josh Rosen, and that's how we will be beginning the episode. But there are some guys from across the league. We're also going to be diving in to the Leonard Fournette trade, and that's all going to be discussed in today's episode. So, First, we will begin with the news that the Dolphins are releasing third-year quarterback Josh Rosen. Now, a quick little review on his career so far. He was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals' 10th pick overall in 2018. Their offensive coordinator midway through the season for the Cardinals was fired. In 2018, the Cardinals were ranked as having the 32nd offensive line in the entire NFL. He ended up having a below-average year. He had 11 touchdowns and 15 interceptions in his rookie season season and that whole team was a mess. Four of the five offensive linemen that started the season ended up on IR. None of those even played nine games throughout the season. The Cardinals elected to draft Kyler Murray in the following draft and that kind of ended Josh Rosen's little tenure with the Arizona Cardinals. They traded him to the Miami Dolphins for a second and fifth round pick and then he joined the Dolphins, a team that were very clearly rebuilding and they ended up finishing 2019 with with the 32nd ranked offensive line, just like how he had it the year before in Arizona. So again, I'm not making excuses for Josh Rosen because he definitely did play poor. He had one touchdown, he had five interceptions, and he had quite a bit of mistakes and he did have a few opportunities to start. But even then, the situation around him was not that good in Miami. He had opportunities where Preston Williams dropped a touchdown against Dallas in the end zone. Preston Williams against the Patriots dropped a huge play. Jakeem Grant in that same game against the Patriots dropped like a 30 plus yard bomb that was just delivered on the money. So the whole team was a mess and Josh Rosen was a part of it. So the Dolphins are electing to release him and that is surprising to me because he comes at a fairly cheap price and just a few episodes ago I said the quarterback position is one of the most valuable positions if not the most valuable in all of sports. And he is a guy who was drafted top 10 just two years ago. And I still think that there is a lot of mystery when it comes to Josh Rosen and what his upside could be. And a lot of people, I know Omar Kelly, feel like he did get a fair shot because any shot starting for a team is fair. But I'm not of that mentality that Josh Rosen really got a fair shot. And I don't really know how to make the argument that he did get a fair shot. I mean, he went to Arizona last place offensive line coordinator fired midway through the season he goes to Miami basically the same thing joins a team with absolutely no running game either on top of that and uh, they're completely one-dimensional and then after the season ends you hear that all the the mess about the offensive coordinator situation Chad O'Shea is fired you learn that a bunch of the guys on the offensive side of the ball weren't able to pick up on it to the extent that they went and they got a different offensive coordinator so that's telling you that there was another issue with the offensive offensive coordinator in Rosen's back-to-back seasons as an NFL 
NFL starter. So I can't really say that he got a fair shot, especially when I look at guys across the league in much different situations. And this might be one of the more extreme examples, but Dak Prescott in his rookie season, when he got rookie of the year, was behind the best offensive line in football. He was running with Ezekiel Elliott, who had over 1,600 yards rushing that season. He had Des Bryant, who was still a very capable wide receiver, and Jason Witten, who was reliable. But the offensive line, the ability to uh, to be two-dimensional on offense and to be multiple, and that is very different than from what happened with Josh Rosen. And I'm pretty sure if you place Dak Prescott and I mean rookie 2016 Dak Prescott behind the 2018 Arizona Cardinals with those weapons that he would have a much similar season. And we may, in fact, never see the Dak Prescott that we know today. I'm sure that if you even put a guy like Aaron Rodgers, somebody who sat for three years behind one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it in Brett Favre, with Aaron Rodgers there, and he was taking in all this valuable information, if instead of that, you place him in to start in his rookie season in that Arizona situation, that you have a much different trajectory and it could harm Aaron Rodgers' development. And I'm not sure we even see the Aaron Rodgers that we know today. And I'm just saying this to emphasize how important I think it is to have a few viable weapons that your quarterback can throw to, and more importantly, an offensive line that is going to keep him clean, at least in this early part of his career. Because I was in a debate with somebody on Twitter who was saying that, Oh, but look, Aaron Rodgers can do all this stuff without a poor offensive line. Russell Wilson's been playing great with a poor offensive line for years. Drew Brees has been playing great. But those are experienced veteran quarterbacks. You cannot expect a guy who just got into the NFL to somehow master what these experienced, and again, elite, the top of the top quarterbacks are doing after years of experience. You cannot expect... Even Andrew Luck, with as talented as he is, we heard for years, get Andrew Luck some help. This guy needs some protection. We heard that for years. And if you look back, Drew Brees, his third season, he had a 57% completion percentage. Josh Rosen, in his rookie season, had a 55. Drew Brees, third season, 2,101 yards. Rosen had 2,278. Brees, third season, 11 touchdowns. Rosen, rookie season, 11 touchdowns. Brees, 15 interceptions. Rosen, 14 interceptions. Brees, third season, yards per attempt was 5.9. Rosen, rookie season, yards per attempt, 5.8. Breeze rating that year 67.5. Rosen's rating that year 66.7. And I'm not saying this to say that I think Josh Rosen will be the next Drew Breeze or that he could even be a long-term starter in the league because I don't know that. But I'm saying that early on in the career of a quarterback, there is a lot of things that could harm the development. And some of it, of course, is going to fall on them and how uh, much of a leader they are, whether they have the it factor and all of those things. And then, of course, what kind of coach they are working with. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Holmes, uh, behind Alex Smith, who was doing great, behind a good offensive line with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and then coming in there with Andy Reid, who is just an amazing coach. That is another picture-perfect situation. So to go back to Dak Prescott in that offensive line that he had in his rookie season, you have to wonder how many good quarterbacks who just needed some development, who needed uh, to be eased into things, could have succeeded in his place instead of him. And I think that there are quite a few who would 
be in a much different place in their career if they were in a situation as good as Dallas's back then. And again, I'm not saying this to say that the Dolphins made a mistake. They just released their franchise quarterback. I already said multiple times that when they drafted Tua, that ship for Rosen had already sailed. But I'm saying this more so because I don't understand the argument that Josh Rosen somehow got a fair shot or one that's even comparable to the ones that most rookies get. His is so far uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of it being bad and negative that it is not even close to fair, at least in my eyes. The Arizona Cardinals were an absolute mess and he just happened to land on the Dolphins when they were in the peak of their rebuilding. And with all that that I just said, it also kind of shocks me uh, when I hear that no teams wanted to make a trade. In that Adam Schefter article that talked about his release, it said that there was no buddy interested in the Dolphins couldn't move him. And that's interesting to me because uh, Brian Flores even said this offseason, the arm talent is still off the charts. His issues come with reading a defense. And this is a guy who is still very raw. The upside is still unknown. His ceiling, I still think, is relatively high. It's not like he had a rookie season that was Alex Smith level, but yet people seem to disregard all the circumstances that were around him and they feel like they got a good picture of what he is. And I'm just saying that I don't think that anybody really knows what Josh Rosen is just yet. I could be wrong, but I still think there's an opportunity for him to be a starter somewhere else in this league, and I'm sure that he will at least get an opportunity to do so at some point. Now, we'll move on to some news from some other teams from across the NFL. The first of those will be the news from a few days ago is that Leonard Fournette was initially released by the Jaguars. He was picked up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast uh, before the draft, I was very big on the idea that the Buccaneers would go with a running back in the draft either Jonathan Taylor, Edwards Hilaire, or one of those guys that they would pick him up because I wasn't going to bet on them rolling with Ronald Jones now that they got Tom Brady, now that it is very clear that they are making a run right now, their window is in the present. I didn't expect them to trust Ronald Jones as a workhorse back. And when they didn't go running back early on in the draft, I was kind of a little bit shaken up. And then when they had Devontae Freeman available and they were apparently talking to him and they didn't sign him, I was a little bit confused. I was like, they're really going to roll with Ronald Jones as their primary back in this year that they are clearly making a push. Well, then they kind of got gifted something. The football gods made sure that they weren't going to roll with only Ronald Jones, and they got Leonard Fournette, who basically fell into their lap. And you know, I'm not completely against Ronald Jones. We all know about his poor rookie season where he had under two yards per carry and he had those very high expectations. But then last year, he really did bounce back over four yards a carry, 724 yards. Uh, you know, he didn't have, I think, the explosiveness that you would truly like, but he was able to bounce around and pick up extra yards when he could. And he was, uh, you know, a pretty reliable running back last year. But I wasn't convinced that that is somebody that you go out there when you want to full send when you know it's your window and I was convinced that they wanted to bring in somebody else well they got Fournette here Fournette definitely a capable back we all know what he can do as a workhorse back because he's tormented Miami whenever he plays them he had over a thousand yards rushing last year he had over 300 receiving the guy is you know just a great downhill runner and I think this is a move that's going to take off some of the pressure from Tom Brady I mean they already have just a crazy amount of weapons in Mike Evans uh, Godwin 
They have Rob Gronkowski now, OJ Howard. You add in there Fournette, their offense is stacked. I think their defense is crazy underrated. If you're in a fantasy league and you missed out on some of the, you know, the well-known elite defenses, I wouldn't shy away from looking at the Buccaneers defense for this year. I am very big on them. So uh, I think the Buccaneers are stacked and they are able to make a push. And I think that they have a good chance at doing so and winning the NFC South. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they end up winning it just because the Falcons are the Falcons. You never really know what you're going to get. The Panthers are, you know, uh, one injury away from just tanking the whole season to Trevor Lawrence. And then uh, the New Orleans Saints are going to be the main competitor as typical with the NFC South. But a great move for them. I like it. Now we move on to some more running back news. And this is with Adrian Peterson. He was released by the Washington football team, which is surprising because the, the football team doesn't really have a lot of depth in my eyes. They lost Darius Geis with the off the field issues. Now you don't have Adrian Peterson. Now, if you're someone who plays fantasy, you are well aware of the hype train for Antonio Gibson. And this just clears the way even more so. The guy is apparently just somebody who can be used in all aspects of the offense. Ron Rivera came out and said that he plans to use him like Christian McCaffrey, which of course is going to make him skyrocket in any fantasy football league in terms of value. So this only clears the, the way for Antonio Gibson even more so. Now, when it comes to Adrian Peterson, you have to be thinking how many teams are in the market for a 35-year-old running back. We know the market for uh, running backs is already kind of deteriorating, and now you have a guy who is up there in age. Usually teams, when they look at this position, they want to do the opposite of go out and get somebody like Adrian Peterson just because he is so old at 35. But again, this is a future Hall of Famer. This is a guy who just two years ago had over a 1,000 uh, over a thousand yards and seven touchdowns last year he had 898 and five touchdowns the guy still looks like he's got it I mean the guy is a uh, just a beast it is surprising how in shape this guy still is same thing goes to Frank Gore both of these guys it looks like they don't age but then you have to be wondering how much value do they have in the future and that's not really that much so you have to look at the teams who could use a running back right now uh, the team that strikes me as somebody who could be interested I'm looking at the New England Patriots Patriots. Uh, I think the Patriots, they always have that kind of dedicated first down back, whether it was LeGarrette Blunt, whether it, you know, now you have Sony Michelle in there, and then they have their pass catching back, who is just a completely different player. So Sony Michelle has been kind of shaken up with injuries. He is kind of up in the air. People really don't know how the, the Patriots are viewing him right now. So Adrian Peterson put him in there in that role, and I think he could be pretty viable as well. Other teams that are being talked about that could be interested are the Chicago Bears. David Montgomery has this groin injury that is going to uh, keep him sidelined for several weeks. So they're a team that could be interested, but I think when they get David Montgomery back, the guy is still very versatile. He can, you know, uh, he's a great receiver as he is a runner. So I don't think that Adrian Peterson has too much value outside of those few weeks that David Montgomery would be out for. So I don't know if that would be enough to warrant uh, them going out there and making a move for him. And then the next team that's been thrown around a lot is Adrian Peterson and possibly returning to the Vikings. Now, of course, that would be a great you know uh, way to show respect and bring back a veteran who meant so much to the team and had such a great run for him. But it, from an actual production standpoint, Dalvin Cook, whether he holds out or not, it seems like he's going to be playing. And then at, uh, Alexander Madison, when he had the opportunity to play when Dalvin Cook went down with the shoulder injury, it, 
it was almost like a mirror image and Alexander Madison looked like he filled the role great and fantasy wise you know if you had him you basically had a top five running back while Dalvin Cook was out so maybe the Vikings could be interested just in a way to kind of show respect and bring them in but from a production standpoint I think there are other teams that make more sense and those being the Patriots and then maybe the Chicago Bears the last team that's been uh, kind of thrown around in that same conversation a little bit was the Philadelphia Eagles Miles Sanders is also dealing with a little bit of an injury but is not really expected uh, to be a huge factor but they don't really have that complete you know downhill runner a guy who could work in the goal line as well Miles Sanders is a very versatile runner much like David Montgomery is so uh, them making a move and kind of bringing in somebody who is a little bit more uh, on the power side of running you know it's possible I would say that they are more likely I think than the Vikings to do so so guys that is how I'm going to wrap up today's episode if you have any comments feel free to share them with me and that is at via the source on Twitter if you're interested in uh, following my personal Twitter account that is at Shady Steven uh, if you could uh, leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. That would be a tremendous help, and I appreciate all the support you guys have given me so far. Any questions or topics you would like for me to discuss on future episodes, feel free to send me them on Twitter, and I'll definitely cover them uh, in a future episode. So guys, that is going to wrap it up, though. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso, and this was Via the Source.